You're listening to the Northwestern Campus Ministry Podcast from Northwestern College in Orange City, Iowa. Northwestern Campus Ministry exists to send students out as those rooted, built up, and established in Christ for God's glory and for the sake of the world. Thanks for listening and enjoy this recent message from our Christian Formation Program. Served as the Director of Community Life at the London School of Theology a number of years ago. And uh, she has her master's in organizational leadership and also recently her doctorate in worship studies. And so we are delighted to have Angela uh, with us preaching a good word from John chapter six. Join me. Let's let's give Angela a warm welcome. ice cream with way too much hot caramel sauce on it, Um, Sour Patch Kids, and definitely homemade chocolate chip cookies made almost exclusively with brown sugar, and got to add that brown butter in there. Brown butter is a secret to every good baked good, all right? Got that banana bread, cookies, whatever. I just like helped you out. Guys, cooking for girls. It's Valentine's Day, add some brown butter. I promise you, it'll make all the difference. All right, but the reason why I remember all of these things is because when, we, when I was eight, we moved from a really nice northern suburb of Minneapolis to a small village in Romania. And what my parents said, we're going to have an adventure, we're going to go and build some orphanages, it's going to be super awesome. And I'm like, yeah, it's going to be super awesome. What they didn't tourist followed us followed me from Minneapolis to Sutava, and we had tours that we fought over. The first tour that we fought over was taking out the garbage. Nobody wanted to take out the garbage because that meant going down the apartment stairs through the really scary alleyway to the really, really smelly dumpster. Nobody wanted to do that, right? What we did fight over, though, was every morning and evening, we would get to go get the bread from the bakery. For you guys, can you smell the bread starting? So as soon as we would start to smell that bread, we would throw on our shoes, like fight to get to the door, and pretty much my older brother and my younger sister and I would all end up going to the bakery together because nobody wanted to miss out on this hot, fresh, delicious bread. And my mom would always stick an extra dime in our pockets, a lay, it was 20 lay at that point, in our pockets, and we would get to indulge in hot, fresh, crusty bread on our way home. It was delicious. What is it about hot, fresh, delicious bread? Well, I get to tell you, actually, because I'm baking some right now. Let's see. Oh, look at that. Mm. Crispy on the outside. Look, it's crunchy if you break it open. Yep, I see pores of different sizes. It's always a good sign. It's a little yeasty. Let's, let's taste it. Mm. It's like a, like a salty to begin with, sweet after. Oh, my goodness. It's delicious. You guys have to have some. Mm. I don't think anything could be better than this. Well, maybe if I had some European butter and some local raw honey, (laughs) that might make it better. Guys, I'm way too into food. All right, I'm sorry. But what I love is Jesus is into food too. And one of my favorite conversations with him happens right after he feeds the 5,000. Let me chew this for a second. (laughs) Excuse me. 
All right, so it happens right after he feeds the 5,000 with the five barley loaves and the two fish. The crowds find him the next day, and they're like, Jesus, yes, we found you. Give us more of that tasty bread. We've got to have it. We want to see you do, do more miracles, and we want to taste it because I bet that the, the bread that Jesus multiplied tasted pretty good. Let's listen into the conversation happening. It can be found in John 6, starting in verse 25. It's up there on the screen. I think I did it kind of small, so if you need to pull out your device to see better, feel free to do that. All right. When the people found Jesus on the other side of the sea, the very next day, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? Jesus answered them, Truly, truly, I say to you, you are seeking me not because you saw signs, but because you ate your fill of the loaves. Do not work for the food that perishes, but for the food that endures to eternal life, which the Son of Man will give to you. For on him, God the Father has set his seal, the authenticating mark of divinity. Then they said to him, what must we do? What must we do to be doing the works of God? Jesus answered them, this is the work of God that you may believe in him who he has sent. So they said to him, then what sign do you do that we may believe you? What work do you perform? Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness as it is written. He gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus then said to them, truly, truly, I say to you, it was not Moses who gave you the bread from heaven, but my father gives you true bread from heaven. For the bread of God is he who comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, well, sir, give us this bread always. Jesus said to them, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me shall not hunger, and whoever believes in me will not thirst. Let's move this along. Oops. These are the questions that are going on within these, this crowd. What strikes me is they're asking Jesus questions. What do we have to do? And what are you going to do for us? In other words, Jesus, if you do some really cool stuff for us, if you're externally really successful and productive and perform some miracles for us, then we'll believe in you. Then we'll, then we'll adhere to what you say. And so we want to see you do some stuff for us. And can I be really honest, Mark? Can I be honest? <laughs> Is that it's so easy to relate to each other, especially at a Christian college this way, especially at amazing Christian college like this, you guys, that rightly recognizes and celebrates what you're doing, not only here in Orange City, but in Sioux County, in the globe. You guys are doing amazing stuff for the kingdom. I'm impressed. I'm blown away by it. It's incredible what you're doing. But what's on my heart this morning for you is that I believe Jesus is here to say, I don't expect you to be externally productive and successful. And by productive and successful, I mean looking really good by doing a lot of good stuff for him. Right? We feel that, especially on a Christian campus. I get it. And I love how Jesus engages this question when they say, what do we need to do? What do you expect of us? Jesus answered, your labor, your work, 
is to see, is to believe. And that Greek word believe there doesn't mean a cognitive head knowledge where we can know a bunch of stuff about Jesus and do a bunch and therefore do a bunch of stuff for him. Because Jesus knows when we make it about ourselves and what we can do for him and about our abilities and the major that we're going to get and the clubs that we're in and all this stuff that we, we do for him, we have to keep making it about ourselves and our gifts and our knowledge and ability. And believe me from experience, you'll run yourself into the ground and you'll burn out because we feed ourselves with chunks of our own abilities and gifts. Well, if people finding us and demanding us, would you give us more signs, perform for us, produce for us? And yet it will just be a temporary fix to appease their true hunger. And here in John, Jesus gets that. And he's talking about this experiential knowledge of who he is that only comes through relationship. It's the difference between talking and describing this fresh bread. Oh yeah, look at it. It's kind of golden brown on the outside. And if you rip it apart, it's soft and chewy. You can know everything there is until you do this, right? Mm. That is some good bread. I wish you guys could have some right now. Right? The difference between describing it and tasting it. Okay, before I go on any farther, excuse me, it does need a little butter. Before I go any farther, what I'm not saying is that knowing something isn't important. Guys, I have a doctorate in worship studies in theology. I know a lot of really cool stuff about God and I love learning about him and I love learning about what he's doing in the world and what he's done throughout history. I can't get enough of it and I love sharing about it with other people and I think learning at the highest level with people who know what they're talking about is really important and I think that's why you're all sitting here. (laughs) Because I think you believe that too. So we need both. We need this dynamic knowing of Jesus to fuel our learning. And we need our robust knowledge of God's words revealed in Scripture to inform our daily experiences with him. I think of Paul's words in Philippians 3, 4 to 8. It says this. If someone else thinks that they have reason to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Circumcised at the eighth day of the people of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews in regards to the law, a Pharisee. As for zeal, persecuting the church, as for righteousness based on the law, faultless. We all know what's coming, right? But whatever was, were gains to me, I now consider loss for the sake of Christ. What is more, I consider everything a loss because of their surpassing worth of knowing Jesus my Lord. All this amazing stuff that Paul knows about God and who he is, how he's identified, doesn't compare to knowing Jesus and being known by him. N.T. Wright describes the knowledge that Paul is talking about here as an intimate connection to the life-giving affections of Jesus. The intimate connection to the life-giving affections of... That went too fast. This is a really cool slide, so you guys have to see it. Here we go. Ready? (gasps) 
So in other words, the intimate connection to the life-giving affections of Jesus, in other words, knowing Jesus is pretty sweet. It really is. The affections, the sweetness of knowing him. When we lean into Jesus, our markers and our standards and our expectations that we put on ourselves, that we put on others, that we put on God, radically change shape. Because now it's not about our work, as good as it is and as necessary and as important as it is, it becomes about our connection to the life-giving affections of Jesus. It's why we were made, it's how we were wired, it's where we belong. Our very lives become the temple, the home, the altar, the bakery of Jesus' ministry flowing in us and through us. You are the bakery of the fresh bread of Jesus' presence. You aren't the bread, you can't make the bread, but you can carry and distribute the healing, the grace, the patience, the kindness, the affections of Jesus to those around you. And you say to the person next to you, you smell like fresh bread. Yes, you do. (laughs) You do. With the Spirit's empowerment, you are the bakery of the delicious, nourishing bread of Jesus' presence. In your clubs, in your classes, in your sports teams. And we still get to do a lot of things in a lot of different ways, in a lot of different expressions, but whatever we end up doing is the overflow of experiencing and knowing Jesus. The overflow of living a life with Jesus is being a bakery of his active presence in the lives of those around us. Let's pray. Jesus, thank you for for how you designed us to participate in your adventure as bakeries of your presence where we've been so focused on what we can do for you, what we can accomplish, would you awaken our hearts again to the sweetness of knowing you and cause this love, your affections in us to abound more and more so that our lives become distinct bakeries of your nourishing presence to those around us. Yeah, as we lean into this, as we lean into who you're created to be, I invite you to rise as we respond in a familiar chorus. Yeah, to respond, to say, yes, God, I want to be an active bakery of your presence to those around me. Would you stand with me and let's sing a response to the Lord. surrender and we say yes to the adventure of being your bakery 
Friends, as you leave this place, may your love abound more and more in all knowledge and depth of insight of Jesus' affections for you. So that the overflow of his active love would nourish those around you. Amen. Go.